<laughs> he knows Brock. <laughs> I love it when you say that. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I'm not going to say that we're back. No, because we're, we're always back. We're not back. So it's the first episode of the month, and that means... Stephanie's You know that you don't need to... You don't need to make the sound. <laughs> there is no sound that intros this. It's my sound it's, now. It's fair. It's the, right. It's my synth. And my electric guitar. <laughs> we need like a buzz horn. The <laughs> target. Oh, God. <laughs> you haven't even been drinking yet. I'm the one that's been drinking. No, I'm like delirious from not seeing people. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's just as bad, actually. Uh, yeah, I've only seen Matt and Lupin for the last... That's not true. I went to the office two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I'm tired. That's what it is. All right. All right. So, um... I'm going to talk about five albums that came out in the month of April. I had to think about what month it was for a second because time is meaningless when I'm at home. Um, So we're going to talk about five albums that came out in the month of April. So the first one I'm going to start with came out on April 2nd. It is the first studio album from a band from South London called Dry Cleaning. Their album was called New Long Leg. So... I got really into dry cleaning um, through the post-punk 2010s uh, Spotify playlist because their EP came out in 2019. So, like, they've been kind of circulating in the background a little bit. And then their debut album just came out. I like that playlist a lot, too. Yeah, so dry cleaning's cool because they have a a female-fronted band. And she almost does this kind of, like, speak singing where it's a little bit aggressive sounding, but also it sounds amazing over the instrumentals. So dry cleaning is great. Love them. I gave this album an eight out of 10. It was a, it was a really solid debut album from them. Um, The next one I'm going to talk about is from a a super group. According to Wikipedia, they are not a band. They are a super group. Um, I'm going to talk about an album that came out on April 9th. It's from Brockhampton, the best boy band since One Direction. It's the best boy band since One Direction. If you look them up on Google, it says super group. It doesn't say rock band. It doesn't say boy band. Is it because a lot of them have like solo careers now? Probably. Yeah. No, it's the best boy band since One Direction. (laughs) Um, Their new album is called Roadrunner. So um, this is their, oh God, how many albums is this? Roadrunner is one, two, three. This is album number six. Okay, I was going to say, because there's so like three the full... saturations, and I thought there were like one or two before that. Uh, there's three saturations, and there's Iridescence and Ginger. Yeah. So the full name of the album is Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine. 
Um, so like I said, that was released on April 9th. I listened to that one. The features are insane. They're so That's good. what That was my my first comment is like the features on this album are incredible. And it, it honestly, they're very vast. Yeah. Like reaching for their features. But it's really cohesive as an mm-hmm. entire album. So it makes it a really great experience. Also, the Danny Brown song. I love Just the Kiss. Danny Brown Amazing. song. I love that Amazing. It's, it's like the first song, too. Like it's, It is, yeah. It's uh, like the perfect one to bring you into the album. Um, totally. And then like give you expectations for what it should be. And then like just fulfills all the expectations that you have after that first song. Yeah. Yep. So I gave it a 9 out of 10. Wow. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Um, this is probably my, beyond the saturations, this is my favorite Brockhampton album. Okay. Um, so the next one I'm going to talk about also came out on April 9th. It is from, by a band from Philadelphia, you know, flip, 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 Philadelphia, (laughs) same city. (laughs) Yep. Um, so the band's called Spirit of the Beehive and their album is called Entertainment Death. So they are, they're a little bit of like an experimental post-punk band where uh, their music actually was on that playlist of songs that if Prince Charles heard it, he would die. (laughs) And then he died. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like that kind of sound. It's very aggressive, in-your-face, instrumental, um, and industrial. So this was their fourth studio album. Uh, it's real aggressive. It's real in your face. I loved it. It was such a fun listen. It's very industrial. So like you got to buckle up mm-hmm. because some of their music can be a little bit softer yeah. sounding. And you're like, oh, this is really nice. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is not the same. This is not the same. Um, so their music's kind of all over the place and it's just so much fun to listen to. So yes, I gave it a, uh, Nine out of ten. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about came out on April 23rd. I almost said March 23rd because, again, I don't know what month it is. Um, it is by the English rock band Field Music, and their new album is called Flat White Moon. So this is their – oh, man, how many freaking albums has this band done? This is their eighth studio album since 2005. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. They, they're like an electronic English rock band. So their music's a lot of fun. It takes a lot of influence from um, like old school new wave sound. And um, a couple of the members from this band were in, like, the Future Heads and Maximo Park. So it still kind of takes that early 2000s indie rock and alternative rock from the UK and infuses it with a more electronic sound. So um, it's their music's a lot of fun. I loved this album. Um, it's probably one of my favorites that they've done, and I gave it a 9 out of 10. Okay. It's very good. And then the last one I'm going to talk about came out on the 30th. Sneak it in at the end there. Um, I feel like they also just announced this album, too. I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. You're right. I do feel like it just came out of nowhere. And I I feel like I ordered it three weeks before it came out, maybe. Like, they had just announced it and just released vinyl. Yeah. 
Um, I just saw. I feel like you're right. I just saw announcements about them yeah. releasing. Most this fans album. do like. I I've pre-ordered albums from like four months ago. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, this one I pre-ordered like maybe a month before it came out. So we're talking about Crumb and their new album Ice Melt. So Crumb is. They say they're from Brooklyn, but they're actually from Boston. They're like an indie rock band here mm-hmm. from here in the U.S. Th- their music's very DIY. It's very good. Um, <clears throat> this album was really impressive. It's only their second studio album. Yep. But I was extremely impressed by this album. It's so good. It's another female-fronted band. And yes. the like the female voice does so well in the the instrumentals that they have too that I feel like that just takes it to another level. Um, that's what I works. Also, that that's what makes this band work so yeah, well. I think so is too, the though. dynamic between the instrumentals and the female fronted voice. Yep, agreed. Um, I loved Ice Melt. It's such oh my god, the listening experience is was just so good. The album bl- flows together. Like I didn't even realize the album was done. Yeah, I was because all say of that. a sudden. All of a sudden, I'm listening, and then TV Girl comes on, and I was like, oh, yes, yeah. the album's done. <laughs> I was actually going to say the exact thing, is that I was listening to it, and all of a sudden, it was over, and I there's not a clear transition between songs, which is really no. nice, because it's just so cohesive as a unit that it feels like yeah. almost like like orchestral, where you're listening through the entire like um, score of something. Yeah. It feels like put together totally. as though a score was put together it's it's fantastic. yeah that's a good way of putting it like the album just flows and i was just like listening to it i'm vibing i'm enjoying it and then all of a sudden i was like oh it's done yeah and i listened to it for the first time my vinyl didn't come in um till a couple days later so i listened to the first time on spotify i actually i can't decide if i like listening to things for the first time on spotify or like digitally Versus vinyl. I, I kind struggle of with like, that, too. I kind of like listening to on Spotify because there isn't a break where you flip it and you do get, like, a moment to, like, listen to the co- the cohesion of an album versus, yeah. like, having to stop halfway and flip something. And, like, that obviously also, breaks up the listening. normally my vinyl doesn't show up yeah, when it's supposed to, so I, I'm not going to wait. Like, yeah. I know people that are super purists that are like, no, I am waiting till the physical copy shows up. I'm not that person. I'm going to listen to it the second it drops on Spotify. If that's midnight and I'm awake, I'm going to listen. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. If I'm really excited about an album, listen to it right away. Yeah. Uh, Crumb was one I was really excited about. What was yeah. what, did, so, what did you give that one? Nine out of ten. No tens. Loved it. No ten out of no ten tens. this month. No Honestly, ten out of ten last month either. I, and I told you this, I have just been feeling like, I don't know, I have not been that into it. Yeah, like the last few months, I have been struggling to feel very dedicated to a lot of the music that's coming out. Because in general, I don't know what it is. Has it been slow? Have I've just not been into the releases? I don't know. I've just been like struggling to get through the album releases the last two months. I kind of understand that because I've been listening to album releases and then not getting through a lot of them. So, like the ones that you've mentioned, um, yeah. I got through them and I like them. But I, I kind of agree that like this year so far, it feels a lot it's kind weaker. of like peaks and valleys. It There's feels a lot peaks weaker. And valleys, yeah. Um, which is interesting because everyone had like all of quarantine to release something, but there are some like big albums I think coming out later this year. I um, think the next few months is yeah. going to be a lot of hard hitters, just based on the amount of pre-orders you and I have for yep. vinyl in the next few months. I think May I is going to be gonna... interesting because. 
um, Ice Age and Squid come Squid. out on the same day. And you don't um, give two tens on one day, so I'm really interested in what's going to happen yeah. there. I have another Chai comes out in May. Yeah. Um, I have another one coming in May, too, and I'm blanking right now. I've got so many pre-orders right now. And then we have St. Vincent in June. St. Vincent Japanese Breakfast is yeah. June. There's a um, lot of stuff one. coming soon, so I'm August interested. is Jungle. Yep. Uh, Acid Dad is July. We yep. got a lot coming in the next few months. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like this year is going to be a little bit peak. Like, we came out in January. Yeah, we came hard in January. Yep. And then we kind of, like, Whatever. died down a little bit, and I think we're going to pick up again this summer. Yeah, I agree. I think... And that makes sense, too. This is kind of an odd time to release something. You want to be, like, either, like, a start the year outright... Or, like, a summer banger. Um, so, like, yeah, I feel totally. like spring and fall are kind of odd times where, like, not as much comes out. Um, so, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm very excited knowing what I know is yeah. coming. I'm excited so. to hear, like, your your reviews in May and June. I, I'm excited to hear my reviews in May and June, July. So, <laughs> there's that, too. <laughs> That's fair. Um, All right. You ready to get into it? Yes. So, Steph, what are we drinking this month? So we are actually drinking the same beer because my beer shipment to Lindsay showed up on time. Um, We're actually, so we've done a variation of this beer on a not summer drinking series. It was actually our final not summer Mm -hmm. drinking series before COVID. Um, We are Our final ever, actually. Well, true. Yeah. Final ever. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, We are drinking a, the pear knockout from low res. So on our final not summer drinking series, we did the peach knockout. Yep. I actually had to go and look it up. So I was like, oh, is this the same beer again? It is not. <laughs> so pear knockout is a tart saison ale brewed with pears. So I picked this up at the low rest tap room a few weeks ago. So I'm hoping it's in good shape. Okay. So um, According to the interwebs, this is a farmhouse ale, even though we said the label says Saison. They also call it farmhouse Saison. This farmhouse Saison has a backbone of grassy wheat field and kettle soured with for a light tartness. It's fermented with pear for a round marriage of similar esters, delicate and balanced throughout. It reminds me of something, and I'm trying to Google it. Oh, here it is. So, it doesn't taste alcoholic. That's all I have to say. Well, first thing I have to it's say. It's super light. It doesn't yeah. taste like beer. There is this drink in the Caribbean called Paradrax. It's like a pear-flavored soda. Oh, um, Have you ever had, like, a sparkling apple juice? Like, carbonated yeah. apple juice? It, I think so. It's, it's a pear version like that. It's like a oh, pear, okay. like, carbonated, sparkling pear juice. And it this tastes like weirdly like Paradrax in the in Trinidad. I had to Google Parasota Trinidad to remember the name of it. So um, this beer is six percent ABV, so it's fairly light. But you you are you make a good point. It does not taste alcoholic. It really doesn't. It just tastes like a soda. Which and if also- it was a higher ABV. That could be very dangerous. It doesn't really give me saison vibes. It's a little bit more farmhouse where you get a little bit of the tartness and the yeah. pear's pretty heavy. It's very which I heavy. Like. I, I do too. You don't get pear in a beer very often. And no. if so, it's always overshadowed by, by like, some other else. fruit. Like yeah. peach or something like that. 
Um, this is the first, probably only beer I've ever had that's straight pear. And I think the, like, the flavor profile of the pear is, like, extremely refreshing and bright. Um, it's very crisp and it's, yeah. it's, it's a really nice beer, but it, it just doesn't taste like beer, which, I mean, it can be good, can be a good thing. I think it's a really good balance of you get the little bit of tartness, you get the little bit of grassiness, yeah. you get the little bit of pear, you know, like it's a real well-balanced beer. You kind of taste everything that you're looking for. Yeah, I would agree. Um, cause you do get a little bit of tartness. Yeah. Um, it's not overly tart. No. It's just a lit. you get a little hit of it, you get some of the pear. Like, you you're not puckering. No. Like, yeah, everything's in, like, very nice balance in this one. This is that's fantastic. That's the one thing. That's one thing I think Low Res does a fantastic job of. I mean, all of their beers are excellent, but they balance everything so well. Even yeah. their, like, pale ales or their pilsners or their barrel-aged Belgian quads, like... Yep. It's a really solid balance to their beers that make all of them enjoyable, even if I don't like barrel-aged beers. You know, that's not my go-to. But if, will I try it from low res? Absolutely. Because I know they're going to do a good job balancing flavors. So you kind of can taste everything at once. And the, the barrel aging is not going to overpower. And with this, the kettle sour process isn't going to overpower it. The pear is not going to overpower it. Mm -hmm. It just, it's going to work and balance very well. No, I agree. All right, so what three words would you like Ooh. to use to describe this beer? Uh, I'm going to call it crisp. I think okay. off the bat, it's super crisp. Um, I want to say balanced. And I think there's like a nice sweetness. Oh, I don't want to say sweet because it's sour too. Crisp, yeah. balanced, and refreshing. I'm going to say pear, crisp, oh, can we and say pear? You can say pear. Okay. It's, it's, in, the it's in the name. Oh, I mean, it's the main flavor. Because I didn't think we could say it. <laughs> I mean, I agree. No, that. you're right. We're, I don't know. It's hard because, like, that's the main flavor of this is pear. No, I know. That's why I thought I couldn't say it. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, I, well, the, be I, the beer is called Knockout, so... It's pear knockout. Right, but they do all kinds of different knockouts, so... Yeah, but, like, during Peach Knockout, I don't think you let me say Peach. Oh, I don't know. I think I did. <laughs> I think you're just saying that so you can say pear. That's probably true. <laughs> Okay, I mean, you can say pear. No, I can't say pear. <laughs> well, honestly, you know this all started because you tried to say chocolate, coconut, <laughs> and choco nut. I said that as a joke because I was on the can. Right, I know. Um, No, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I think, I think pear is like obvious like it's pear it tastes like pear like pick three different words okay with, like, the listeners knowing it tastes like pear okay okay um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say tart balanced and i don't i don't want to say sweet but it's got it a does light have a sweetness. sweetness that's why i want so to I, say sweet 
I guess I'm going to say light sweetness because it's not that it's a sweet beer or it's a sour tart beer. No, it's like the sweetness and the tartness balance each other out. Like there's just enough yeah. sweet so that but you're you not like, overwhelmed. But you can also taste both of them. Yes. Which is yeah. why I think it's really good. But like I think the sweetness is notable because I what you wouldn't expect it to be like have a sweetness to it. And I think that that yeah. is notable. And I, I agree because I didn't want to say sweet too, but I was like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> no, it, it is right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, mean, um, I know. I know that other people on the internet have s- described this beer as um, peppery and grassy as well. So I don't get peppery. I get grassy. I get grassy. Yeah, I don't get peppery. But I'm just. I'm just reading what other people have said. You know, you got to take in that public opinion. I guess. Yeah, I'm not sensitive to pepper either. Okay. All right. Now that we are <laughs> running long yet again. <laughs> Um, let's get into the episode. So, um, this episode... I'm so excited about this. It's funny, because we sort of did an episode kind of like this very early Way on. Way in the beginning. In January, uh, in, what, February of We did it for Valentine's Day or something in 2018. Yeah. Um... It was our first guest episode. And it wasn't the same idea. So in February of 2018, we did fictional characters I would masturbate to. We, I, I I just want, like, anyone listening to know that, like, 50% of my conversations <laughs> via text with Lindsay are about fan fiction. Um, yeah, no, we're very open about the fact that we read fan oh, yeah. fiction. Um, I think we've always been very open about that, at least with each yeah. other. Um, I think in our friends, It doesn't come always... up in conversation very no. often beyond with each other, but we're very, like, I I'm, think... I'm totally cool to talk I about I don't remember it. when we started talking. It was 2018, I think, at some point. Like, 2019, or 2017, maybe, when we started talking about the fact that we both, like, read fan fiction. Because um, I think you were talking about Tumblr fan fiction once, and, like, the wild ones that people sent to you. And I was like, oh, I, like, legitimately read it, not just for, like, wild, crazy things. So I think you have some, like, history or, like, facts. Yeah, so not that, like, history of fan fiction is that relevant. But <laughs> not that I, there is one. There probably no. People have been writing fan but, fiction for, yeah, I feel like, hundreds I just, of years. Romeo and Juliet's probably a fan fiction. So, um, actually, we'll come to that. Um, I just found some, I was just kind of, like, casually, like, oh, I wonder kind of, like, what I can see about other fan fiction that's relevant. Um, the term fan fiction actually dates back to, like, using that phrase, dates back to the 1930s. And it was used as a reference for people that were writing amateur science fiction, so at the time, if you were like a, a a real writer writing science fiction novels, they called it pro fiction. And then if you were an amateur, they were like, oh, they're just an amateur. It's fan fiction. Got it. Okay. So the, I think the earliest use of that phrase comes back to 19, 1939. Um, so even dating back prior to that 1939 date... Um, before copyright law was a thing, um, it was extremely common to just take characters from other works of fiction and just write a new story about them. Okay. So uh, Shakespeare's plays are actually noted as being basically fan fiction stories about characters that were popular within fiction at the time. So specifically, 
to name a few, Romeo and Juliet, Othello, Much Ado About Nothing. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's interesting. Those were all him lifting characters from popular fiction and just writing other stories. And then um, even after copyright law started, there were a lot of quote-unquote unofficial sequels to famous novels. So like... um, sequels to Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. or Sherlock Holmes or pretty much anything Jane Austen Yeah, I feel wrote. like there were like hundreds of Sherlock Holmes stories that I'd, yeah. I'd read about once. That were that not like... written by the yeah. estate. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Bram Stoker Dracula is another yeah. famous one where there's thousands of yeah. adaptations of like secondary sequel type things. And then um, fan fiction as a more modern concept as you and I would know it today actually was popularized. I don't think anyone's surprised by this, but by Star Trek fans. No, not surprised by that. So the very first fanfics were a part of a fanzine called Spockanalia that was released in 1967. And that's the very first like modern style of fanfiction as we know it today. At that time, statistically, specifically to the Star Trek fan fandom, um, 83% of those fan fiction writers were women by 1970. And then by 1973, it was over 90% of those writers were women. So fan fiction, even today, kind of is viewed as like a women's thing. Yeah. And then um, in 1998... Uh, fanfiction.net was kind of like the first archive of fanfiction that you could find. So okay. that's kind of like the real point in time that I would say like that was like the real point in time that you could say like the archive started and that's how we kind of get to the point where we are today. Which is crazy to me that, like, fanfiction.net is that old. I didn't realize that fanfiction.net was that old. I have read on fanfiction.net. I have, too. Like, in the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. When I was a teenager, if I wasn't on Tumblr, I was on fanfiction.net. Yeah. If I wasn't on Quizilla, I was on fanfiction.net. I also did Wattpad. I was an, I was an early adapter of Wattpad. Okay. Also, I still have the Wattpad app on my phone. Um, I also have the Wattpad app on my phone. I I don't use it. I don't use it as frequently as some of the other sources for fan fiction. But like, if someone tells me there's one on there I gotta read, I'm gonna go read it. Fair. Um. Any other facts about fan fiction that you want to cover? I mean, from a historical standpoint, I think those are probably the highlights to get to okay um we've got some other things we can throw in as we go but i think you know as an intro to our experiences yeah so i had just like a few discussion topics or questions i guess to ask and then um just discuss other stuff um so the first question i have is do you remember the first place that you read fan fiction um, that's a hard one. I or do you remember how you, like, discovered fan fiction? 
know how I discovered it. I definitely think I was on Tumblr, and that's kind of how I got sent to, like, fanfiction.net. I couldn't tell you what, like, the first fanfictions I was reading were. Probably something Harry Potter related, because that... I was a teenager, and that's probably what I was reading. Or something... No, I was definitely reading Harry Potter fanfiction before Twilight fanfiction. So it was definitely Harry Potter. Yeah. So I got sent to fanfiction.net through Tumblr. Or maybe... I don't think I would have... Did you ever find fanfiction from, like, MySpace pages? I don't think so, no. Um, I discovered fanfiction through Quizilla. Because when I was, like, I don't know, 10... 11, I, like, was very into taking quizzes on Quizilla, and then I think I was, like, in the popular section at some point, and for some reason, people, like, used Quizilla to post fanfiction. I remember this, yeah. People would use Quizilla to post, like, fanfiction, and the question, like, it would be, like, the question would be, like, the body of, like, the chapter that they were posting. So yeah. I was That just, never like, made at... any sense to me, but no. you're right. That was definitely a thing. Yeah. It was. Um, I think I read a. I read some very long fan fictions on Quizilla too. Um, so I I discovered it through like the popular page, or because I was like trying to like find like interesting quizzes to take, and then it mm-hmm. was like, um, I think I found like a My Chemical Romance <laughs> fan fiction, and like Quizilla was mainly like musical artists, like emo yeah. music artists fan fictions, and like Harry Potter. Sometimes yeah. Lord of the Rings, like, just, it was mainly, like, but mainly Harry Potter, some Twilight, um, yeah. and then, like, emo band member fan fictions. Um, I so can I think actually one say... one of the first ones was, like, Good Charlotte or, like, My Chemical Romance or Follow Up. I have never read an emo band fan fiction. I read never. a lot. <laughs> I have never read one. No, I read okay. far too many. I, I did, I think I mainly started off with Good Charlotte, like, Billy Martin <laughs> And then uh, transitioned at some point to, um, I probably read some, like, Mikey Way ones. I think oh, I definitely... Oh, Mikey Way and Pete Wentz? I, have, I at some point definitely love? read some Mikey Way and Pete Wentz ones. Um, I read, at some point, some, like, Burt McCracken from the used Gerard Way ones. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then I... It's funny, because, like, I feel like I stumbled on the, like, male-on-male ones, like, accidentally, and... I feel like I think that's how, like, everyone... Yeah, but, like, the the love stories are, like, top-notch for the male-on-male So, I think we should at least specify, so, like, back in those days, and I mean, even still, it's, if it's, like, a guy, like, if it's two men, traditionally, Mm -hmm. it's called the slash fit. Or a lemon. Yeah, a lemon or a, That's, a slash and, and then you learn, like, I didn't know, it would say, like, in the description, slash, yeah. and or, like, lemon, um, and I didn't know what that meant until I read it, because I, I was like, I thought, I, I don't uh, know when where I saw, the term like, lemon Mikey, came from, but it, I, don't either. I just know it's associated with that. But, like, I remember seeing the two characters thinking, like, it was about them, but not about them together, Yeah, and, like, <clears throat> learning eventually what slash or, like, what lemon meant. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I definitely read a lot of, like, band... I read a lot of the main. <laughs> and, like, Mayday Parade and all that That doesn't low. surprise me. That um, surprise me. And then, like, there were, there were, like, writers, too, on Quizilla that I used to, like, follow and, like, read all of their stuff. And then I think they eventually moved over at some point 
to fanfiction.net and then to Tumblr. Yeah. And then they dropped off. Yeah, so there were, like, some fantastic writers. Well, fanfiction.net's been around for longer than Tumblr. Yeah, I just think that they, like, moved eventually to yeah. their Tumblr and posted it on their yeah. Tumblr. Um, but, like, I would read, like, fics of, like, people I didn't care about because the writers were so good that, like, I, it was, like, reading a young adult novel. Like, the writers yeah. were just, like, really good writers. And I didn't care about who the characters were, but it was, like, reading a book and, like, liking the characters. No, I still think that, like, some of these fanfiction writers are incredible writers some of them are absolute garbage oh some of them are terrible but yeah i agree like there are some really good fan fiction writers and like a lot of there are some writers that have gotten their start from fan fiction yeah um i actually made a note of a couple like famous authors that are famous now that started their novel started as a, a fan fiction and they adapted it yeah so like I think the biggest one is, like, Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James was a Twilight fan fiction, and literally the only thing that's different are names. Um, I also, like, I don't know that this is true, but supposedly Twilight was a Gerard Way fan fiction. Um, I don't know that I've heard that is true I've seen it on TikTok. I don't know that I've seen that, too. I don't know if it's true. Well, originally, I know Stephanie Meyer was thinking about Gerard Way as she wrote it, which to me makes no sense in my brain, but whatever. That was popular at the time. No, you're going to think about Mikey Way. Uh, <laughs> Frank Eero. Um, and then another big one is this book called After, and it's written by Anna Todd, and it's the story is actually based on... Um, like, the the boyfriend in the story was, was Harry Styles in the fan fiction. And um, they could not do that in real so life. So, you know? isn't that, like, a Netflix movie? I think so. I think it's a Netflix movie. I think it has a movie to it. I think I saw that. Like, I didn't watch it, but and I think I've seen it. it's literally a Harry Netflix. Styles fan fiction. That's amazing. I want to go find the Harry. You probably can't find the Harry Styles fan fiction I anymore. doubt you can find it anymore. Oh, damn. That sucks. This reminds me of, like, talking about the Harry Styles thing. I feel like there's this weird stereotype about fan fiction. I've never read it, so I don't know anything about it. That, like, you wake up one day and your parents are selling you for money and they're selling you to One Direction. <laughs> that is a trope. That's, like, a, that's a popular yeah. storyline because that happens a lot in Harry Potter fanfics. Like, yeah. somebody gets sold to Draco Malfoy's family in, like, in modern-day slavery. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, but there's a lot... I've seen a lot of TikToks that are like, I woke up there's this a lot morning of, and my mom's not selling me to One Direction. There's a lot, and that's, a, I think, a good... An, a, an interesting thing to bring up is that there's a lot of tropes in, um, in fan fiction, and that's one of them. I think another one is, like, you break something and now you have to, like, like be indebted to somebody another one's like pretending to be the person's boyfriend oh the girlfriend. fake couple thing the That's fake couple to make someone else one. jealous and then you fall yeah. in love um, enemies to lovers enemies is my to lovers is my favorite, favorite. <laughs> i love it i love, I love good, good enemies, enemies to, to lovers, lovers. <laughs> um the coffee shop alternative universe is a popular um, one yeah the professor the, student alternative yeah. universe <laughs> is popular those yeah. are usually pretty dirty. Yeah, they are. Um, there's a lot of, like, in the Marvel universe, like, gangster alternative Oh, my universe. God. Okay, the I need soulmate. to ask. Wait, 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 wait. What is up 
with the Marvel and the Mob alternative universe. There's so many. There's so many. There's so many. And like, yeah, I know. There's so many. I skipped those because they don't seem good. No, I... But that is, like, an absolutely, like... I don't get it. Yeah. It's, like, a whole thing. I don't understand that one. The, uh, there's uh, another huge one in the Marvel universe, or the Marvel, um... Fic world. Fic world. Yeah, there's a term for it, I feel like. Fandom? Fandom. Fandom. That's the right word. Fandom, yeah. Is, um, like, the Soulmate AU, Authors Universe. There's a lot of that in Supernatural, There's, like, like... A soulmate, like you can't see color until you like see your soulmate for the first time, or, or like, you have like a you have time their birthday on your arm on your until hand, you count or the down first word until that they say to you. yeah. It's like the um, the number of minutes of, until you count down until you yeah, meet them. That sounds like an actual movie called Timer. Um, is that is that what that movie that's is? An actual I, movie. Oh, hmm. <laughs> the movie makes me cry. That sounds right. Um, yeah, they there's a lot of those where like there's a soulmate identifier and like I specifically read the Bucky Barnes one. There's only where, like, one. There's only one bed. Oh, that's the only one bed. And you have to share a bed. Yes, that's a big trope. That's a big trope. Um, oh, there's so many. Oh, I love I love the stereotypical tropes. It's so bad, like, but I so love good, them so too. much. Like, <laughs> I texted her the other day. I was like, I'm reading a slow burn lovers to enemy and it's so good. You mean enemies to lovers? <laughs> enemies to lovers. Sorry. Um, and you're like, I do love a good slow burn enemies to um, lovers. The one that I still also don't get is the ABO. Omegaverse? Yeah. Yeah. That's a little too I don't get for me. Omegaverse. Well, I I've read, read it? some yes. too and it makes me like uncomfortable because it's like. It's like animals. It's animals, yeah. And it's it's super weird. And, like, I, I don't generally skip the sex scenes, but I do in Omegaverse because it makes, it's, like, super uncomfortable to it's read. It's super uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Will I read it? Yeah. Will I skip my the gu- sex scenes? Gu- yes. Oh, no, I'll read them, and then oh, I'm still going to be, like. Oh, I'll skip those. And I don't skip sex scenes. I, I skip I, it I, until the end. Or, like, <laughs> I'll read it, and then you get to the end where you're, like, ooh, I know what's coming, and we're done with this. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, so, one of my favorite tags, one of my favorite things about AO3 is that there are tags, and you can, like, search mm-hmm. through the tags, so you can, like, filter, and, like, I filter for certain, like, pairings, and then yeah. you can filter their, for like their filtering system is incredible. It's fantastic. But one of the filters is porn without plot. What PWP, plot? baby. <laughs> and it's so PWP funny to me. is a good one. Porn so without P- plot. P- what plot? PW- PWP either stands for porn without plot or plot. What plot? <laughs> and I love that. I love I that you too. can just like find porn and it's so good. And honestly, so. <clears throat> I feel like we should talk about, like, sex and fan fiction. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew that was coming. Sex and fan fiction is either, like, fantastic or, like, uncomfortable. There's, like, no yeah. in between. Yeah, there's um, no Like, I'm between. either cringing while reading it or, like, getting turned on while reading it. I'm either like, hmm, that's kind of hot. Or I'm right. like, ooh. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the in-between is probably where... Um, that's where there's a lot of plot to the story, and then, like, the sex scene's not that important to the story, right. but it does happen. That's the right. in-between. That's the in-between. Um, Which and, I'm here for, because sometimes yeah, I, that story's real good. Sometimes the stories are really good, yeah. I get like, very people, invested to stories and fan I was just recently very invested in, like, a Bucky Barnes fan fiction that, that I, like, read in a day, and it was, like, 100,000 words, which is, like, a novel. 
Um, it, like, some of the plots and, like, some of these people, like, build out, like, original female characters, OFCs, um, oh fantastically. Gosh, and they, like, oh, are... I thought OFC was original fictional character, not original female character. I always thought it meant OF, like original female character. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was. But fictional. you might be right. It might yeah. be fictional. It could I've be never either. seen. I've never seen OMC, so it's probably. Fictional. I mean, regardless, it's fictional. It's this. It's. I mean, typically, I think you and I are both reading, typically, fan fictions directed towards women. So yeah, no, but I think you're right. You're right about it being original fictional character. Yeah. Um. Some of these people have like really complicated fictional characters that they've they built think- out. I mean, I got a lot of shit going on in my head, but I don't articulate it that well. No. And they, like, they do a good job. Yeah, they do. Um, and, like, I don't know. I feel like there is... I feel like people, like, look down on fan fiction and they're like, oh, that's weird. That, like, But there's a lot of, like, really intense, like, really well-developed characters. And, like, it's it's not... I don't think it's it makes you less to read it because like, just because you're reading it about people that you're interested in that are already developed characters, like it's still a well-developed story a lot of the times. And it's still like well-developed plot and um, like original characters. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, I think fan fiction just gets a bad rap. I I was going to say, I think fan fiction gets a pretty bad rap because, And it's not that it's the stereo... It's not actually that it's, like, teenage girls writing it most of the time. It's, like, that's what, like... Not even the idealized version, but, like, that's what people have in their head of, like, who's writing this is teenage girls. Right. And I think a a lot lot of the the writers writers I read are actually older than I am. Yeah, and they're, like, they want to be writers or they enjoy writing and they just never, like, made a career out of it. So this is something that they do in their spare time. Because it's something they enjoy doing. It's not mm-hmm. like a teenage girl that's, like, horny for Harry Styles. Yeah. No. A lot of the time, it's, like, really well-developed storylines. Yeah. And it's, like, a really good plot. Like, I've read I've read Harry Potter fan fictions that ended better than Harry Potter did. I mean, Harry Potter didn't end well. So but you get what that. I'm saying? Like, they, yeah. I've read, like, some, some fan fictions that have better plots than the original, like, source material. Or, oh, like, right, like, the way the series ended, and ultimately, like... Honestly, you know what's one thing that I'm thinking about with, like, the Marvel franchise and fandom specifically? And I think it's because, you know, female writers. Yeah. Female writers write these characters better than these men do. Oh, agreed. Well, they write the female characters better than the men do, They write too. the female like, characters, and they make... I mean, They make know, the male you, characters You know more the whole... Like, they do. You they make the... them. They they give the male characters more depth too. Like yeah. I've read like the Captain America in fan fiction and Bucky Barnes in fan fiction. Ooh, it's so and much like better. Iron Man. They're more like um, relatable and like sympathetic characters because they are like more fleshed out than just being like bodies for a war. And I think I mean part of it is also that like because it's you're reading it versus seeing it, you can see inside their heads mm-hmm. a lot too, and you understand their thoughts. So I think it gives you a little bit of a better opportunity to develop to develop characters i agree um i agree which kind of brings me to something i wanted to ask you and it's not in our spread it's not in our document but that's um so fan fictions i think lead to a term called headcanon um which are is basically like something that's not actually like canon in the universe but it's in in your head head, like you believe when you watch it um and i think a lot of my headcanons have come from like fanfics (laughs) Totally, 100%. And I want to know, like, do you have any f- headcanons for any fandoms 
that you like absolutely like got one. To Bucky Barnes is Bucky Barnes is bisexual. I don't think that's a hat canon. I think that that's true. <laughs> okay, well, it's not been proven true. At it's not, point. but I do think so. Bucky Barnes is a bisexual as well. Yeah, that's um, my big one. My other big one is that Clint's chickens are named after the Avengers. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I saw that once and I was like, okay, well now I believe that. Yeah, no, I believe that one. Um I probably have a few others that are not related to Marvel that I'm just trying to think through. Um, well, I think the big head canon, which has not been proven otherwise yet, is that Sirius and Ramus are gay for each other. Uh Wolf Star, yeah. Yes, Wolfstar. Wolfstar. I like Stormpilot. You know, Stucky I'm supportive of. I'm very, I believe in Stucky. Um, I believe Stormpilot. They should have let Finn and Poe be gay. They should have let him be gay. But Disney said, Disney said no. Agreed. Um, Ray is not Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, that's not I, real. That's the, not the real. The I have is that Ray's nobody. I I love. I, I also that. think Luke Skywalker's gay. So he mm-hmm. wore Chanel boots. He's gay. So what are some of the things that like take you out of a fanfic if you're reading it? Um. So I, if I'm reading like an, a reader insert fanfiction and they describe the reader. Like, vividly. Um, a lot of the times they'll, like, say something about, like, like skin color um, or, like, eye color. That takes me out of it because, obviously, I'm not white. And they'll talk about, like, um, like porcelain skin or, like, something that sure. insinuates, like, a white character. That takes me out of it. I also think weird sex terms take me out of it. Um, like, sometimes writers will refer to vaginas as um, your sex and they call I, they think of like as many different synonyms yeah, for vagina as humanly and it's, possible. It's like just say like vagina. There's too many. Just say vagina. Don't say your sex. That's weird. They say the c word a lot, and like I that I, that one doesn't bother me. It's not that it bothers me. I just am like, why? Listen, there's only so many words for vagina. Yeah, I guess. And if you're yeah. just if you're in depth describing a uh, sex the term scene, member. <laughs> Ooh, I hate that one. I don't, I don't like that one. That one takes... Um, that's a killer right there. For some reason, I like... <laughs> I don't know why this always sticks with me, but for so... Like, so many, like, sex scenes and fan fictions will be like, I touch I touch his member and pump it twice. And it's always very, like, a specific number of times that is, like, two or three. And it's like, okay, well, that's not how many times it's going to take, first of all. Yeah. Um, just very unrealistic sex scenes, I think. Um, there are some that are like, oh my god, that's hot. But, like, some that are, like, completely unrealistic about, like, what's actually gonna happen. Where, like, you can tell the person's probably never had sex before. Or, like, this is, like, their, like, dream version of sex. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Some of those, like, some of the, like... Yeah, you you make a very good point. Some of the very detailed sex depictions are either very hot or they're very oh like, god. Right. They're like, okay, well that's not what happens. Yeah. Um one that I hate I just opened another beer. Um 
One that I hate is with like OFCs if the name is stupid. If I'm like, that's a stupid name. I can't read this. I also. If I feel like the name doesn't fit the story or if I feel like the name is just dumb, I'm like, no, that one's done. There's a term that you used once to describe like a perfect character. Um, where like they're the most beautiful and everyone's in love with that. Oh, it's a Mary Sue. Yes, I. That's a, that's that, a very common phrase. Right. That that I can't. That takes me out of it. Luke Skywalker's a Mary Sue, so like keep that in mind. Well, yeah, but like I think most the term me, Mary, like, Mary Sue Potter's specifically. Mary Sue. Right, but well, actually, the term Mary Sue was in reference when the author is inserting themselves into a fictional world. Yeah. Um. Another thing that, like, really takes me out of it is they do a reader insert, but then do too many of, like, the things where it's, like, your skin color, your eye color, your hair length, your body type. Like, too many, like, things for for you to, like, insert it yourself. And it's, like, too many. I'm like, no, can't do it. That's funny because I, when I read a reader insert, I don't, when it says your name, like, YN, I read that as your name, not my name. I don't read it as my name. So if I just like you, read I, that I as I just read that as your name. <laughs> I don't so like it. I don't actually insert myself in. I just like no, I don't either. Person. So I think this is actually a really interesting discussion point because when I read a ton of reader insert and like yeah, I too. never have once thought about it as myself. I don't either. I've I've recently gotten in more into original characters. Yeah, because um, I, I appreciate that now. Um, but I did read a lot of like reader insert uh, up until like this year, and I never like once thought like I never once read it as myself. It's always no. like this like blob in my head that exists. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point way of putting it. Like it's it's not like a person. It's not like a character. It's just kind of like there. Right. It's just like, it's like this, a blob in your It's brain. like this yeah. nondescript, like I don't imagine it having like any like hair color specifically. No features. Color, no features. Yeah. It it's has, just like this. It has nothing. It's like you it's were to blob. take like a doll and then just like blanket Blop it in. all over every feature and then put that in there. Yeah. That's what I imagine. To me, it's basically just like a ghost figure. I think the term thing. is Gollum. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, not Lord of the Rings, but I think that's, like, the no, term. Is, like, I, I, it would be a golem. No, I golem? think that makes sense, but the uh, it, obviously, I just go to No, Lord I actually imagine Rings. Gollum from Lord of the Rings in all of these fan fiction. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, <sighs> no, that is a really good way of putting it, where, like, I, I don't think of anything with reader yeah. insert. And, and then honestly, that, when they like, have an original why... female character and they've described her, I don't even picture that person. Yeah. I don't picture anybody, really, like, when I read it. No, well, the thing that's hard is if they do, like, an original fictional character and then do it in more, like, a a secondary, yeah, a, a second person prose where it's, like, you, even I, though that's weird, the though. second, I, even I though it's a... That. Cause it's not it. you. It's a different character, and then... right? But like, I don't. You know where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah, I though? do. I, I all. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I think where I re- really struggle with OFCs is I can't get behind the names. I really think that takes me out of it. Is some of these names that these people come up with are so bad. Another thing I love. Okay, so 
um, AO3. I guess let's we can let's quickly talk about some of the big sites. Oh yeah, um, to to read on because we haven't. I guess we haven't talked yet. about that. Yeah, um, I mean so we, we kind of mentioned them um, within conversation. Fanfiction.net. AO3 is another big one. It's archive of our archive own. our yeah archive of our own. That's um, where the O3. that's the one that has like the great filtering system. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Where do you do most of your reading? Uh, AO3. So I kind of go back and forth. Um, Wattpad sometimes, but mostly AO3. Well, I, I, was I did actually read a lot of Tumblr fanfics earlier. Well, this I was going to say it kind of depends on what I'm looking for and where I go. So if I'm just like, internet, take me somewhere, I go Tumblr. Yeah. If I am looking for something specific, I go AO3. And then sometimes Tumblr takes me to AO3. But what I love about Tumblr is that, like, Tumblr can be multimedia sometimes where people will, like, insert pictures. And that's the same thing that Wattpad does where, like, they'll have... Yeah. What I like about Wattpad is that, like, sometimes the fictions will have, like, a text conversation, like, a photo of it. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Or, like, it'll have, like, a multimedia, like, way of, like, telling me the story. And that's, like, something that Tumblr and AO, or Wattpad do really well, whereas AO3 is, like, primarily, like, a story. Text, yeah. Well, yeah, like, if, I go, if I'm going on AO3, I know who I want to read about, I know what yeah. I want to read about. Like, yeah. that's kind of where I go. But if, I, if I'm if i just, like, I'm going to see what Tumblr shows me, like, yeah. I go on Tumblr. Like, if, yeah, I, if, I'm, if I'm down to read... For reading's sake. Yeah, if I'm just going to, like see what pops up i don't care what world what fandom it is i don't care you know like that is the one thing i think that's that's a good point because i feel like with ao3 there's so much on there that you have to be knowing what you want you kind of got to know what you want if you go on tumblr if you're you just i mean i follow a ton of different blogs i follow a ton of different pairings you can just like follow as like a tag Mm -hmm. so i don't know i I just kind of see what shows up that's very astute so you, what are you, what characters are you into right now? Like, obviously, like, speaking of, like, I don't care if it's, um, like, a, you're an OFC, a slash fic. Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you reading right now? I am primarily reading Marvel-based fanfics. Um, I've been reading a lot of the, like, the ones that, they bring in a lot of the characters, but, like, the the main love story or, like, the main, like, pairing is usually, like, Bucky Barnes or Captain America. I do uh, enjoy a good Captain America fic. But I, I really enjoy the ones that, like, I just, re- I just finished one a couple, like, a week ago or so that took place post-Winter Soldier pre-Civil War, like, it went into Civil War. Okay. But it, like, kind of, it, it followed the movie's line and then, like, brought huh. the character into it. Um, Those can be either really good or really bad. It was, it ended up being really good because it kind of, I like, like it, it when it, they're it bridged really the good. gap of, like, what happened to Bucky Barnes between, yeah. like, him pulling Captain America out of the water and then them finding him in Romania. Yeah. Um, buying the plums in yeah, Civil yeah, War, yeah. and so like it, it bridged that gap, and then it bridged the gap, and then it followed the storyline basically of like Civil War, and then it bridged the gap like after that to Wakanda. So like it kind of just filled in the gaps that's kinda that, nice. that the movies left, and like, I like the, that. it primarily took place in like in between the Civil War or in between um, Winter Soldier and Civil War, but it also like 
brought in all of the other characters. So, like, um, Black Widow was in it, like, Captain America was in it, Falcon was in it, and, like, they all, like, were very true to the characters that they, like, Marvel has built them out to be. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Clint was one of the main characters in it, and, like, it built him out further because, obviously, Marvel He's obviously been completely ignored by all of Marvel, yeah. Right, and I love that. Like, I love that they built out Clint, because he's been ignored, and it's, like, one of my favorites now because of that one. I, oh man, I wish I, I just like love like I like when um, they bring in the characters and flesh them out more than, like, the, that's kind of what so I'm So, I recently finished one that was, like, a, it was, like, a reader insert type deal, but it went along with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so as though, like, this additional fourth character was yeah. a part of it the whole time and it worked really well because really? what this care what this writer had created didn't take away from the like because a lot of the times you think of like oh they're adding a character into the storyline it's taking away from what was going on but well, it was a like lot of them additional do. A lot of things them... that a- it, it added in a yeah. good way that kind of I don't know. Well, that's a thing. Falcon like, and the Winter of... Soldier is kind of a sausage fest. Yeah, I Sharon's there. It's kind of a sausage fest. I agree with that. I've also so like, kind I'm, of added a little right, bit of balance though. to it. You're right. When they like bring in a fourth character or like an additional character to something that's already been written, they take scenes that have already happened and then give them to that character, which is why I really liked the one that I just recently read because like when they went through what happened in Civil War. They didn't take away any of the events that had already happened yeah. to those characters and give them give it to that that character, the yeah. original character that they created. They added additional pieces of like the story to give to that person. Yeah, so it was like interesting because this character was like it yes, it I mean, you know my whole deal with like, oh, women's only there for a love interest. Yeah. The woman was a love interest to Bucky Barnes, but um she was there during you know, most of this experience kind of, yes, on the sidelines, but was there throughout the, like, was there when they're doing the Madripoor thing, they're going through Mm -hmm. the whole thing together, and it definitely, like, kind of fleshed, it it made the dynamic between the group a little better, because again, kind of a, uh, it's kind of a sausage fest. I think we're running a little long, so yeah. is there anything else that you want to cover before we um, end the second episode? I did think it was important to point out, um, and it's a very weird fact to point out, the longest fan fiction of all time um, is about a cartoon called Loud House. It started in 2016. I don't know what network it aired on, but it is a cartoon. Um, the longest fan fiction of all time, according to AO3, within the last few months, is called The Loud House Revamped. There are over six and a half million words. Okay. Uh, 6.5 million words. I'm Do you know how up. long that is? Yeah, so I'm looking up a comparison. So for comparison, Harry Potter is one million, just over one million words. Uh, a Song of Fire and Ice is currently one point seven million words. This is a fan so, fiction, so it's like of six a, times that of a cartoon. 
That's basically reading Harry Potter six times, six times. reading A Song of Fire and Ice. Also, this cartoon started airing in 2016. Jesus. And there's it. It is cons. It this is cons. This is considered the longest active fan fiction of all time. It is still active. There are over. <clears throat> so, in May of 2020, so a year ago, yeah, it was a thousand and ten chapters. What's it called? Uh, the Loud House revamped. I don't know how many chapters it is today. Actually, we could probably look this up. I'm we have look AO- it up right now. We have AO3. 1,394. Jesus Christ. 9 million words. Shut up. I saw 6.5 million today. I'm on fanfiction.net. Oh, okay. It is 1,394 uh, chapters, 9,570,891 words. That's so long. For a cartoon that I've never heard of. So it's it's... Interesting, because I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's not written in the way that you would expect a fic to be written. It's written like a script. Oh. Okay. Um, cool. Anything else? No, I was going to say. So with that, um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We had a really fun time doing this one in particular. If you enjoyed this episode, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating and write us a review. No one ever writes us reviews, so we we say every episode that we're going to read one on air. So if you read us a review, we'll read it on air. Or if for some reason you're uncomfortable leaving a review on a streaming service, send us a DM. Our Instagram and email information will be in the final credits. Send us a DM. We'd love to read what you have to say, or we we love to hear from you guys. So anything positive you want to say about the show, we're here for it. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.